with this garbage. September 23rd, 2020. This is Rare Encounter. Encounter number 11. I'm Abel Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. Today, I've broken out. I think I set the beer aside. Now I've got a rye on the rocks. So we'll see how this goes today. It could be a disaster. Who knows? I just got my water because I suck. <sighs> oh boy. Well, we had a busy week. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. Actually, I got a... Uh, uh, sick over the weekend, so I had a little bit of a cold. Uh, kind of starting on, yeah, starting on Sunday, and I actually uh, was bad enough I didn't go into work for like two days. So I got to sit at home and watch a little more anime than I used to. Well, at least you got something out of it. Oh uh, yeah. So do you want to jump into that first? I got a uh, the the main thing that I ended up watching was about eight episodes of uh, Beyond the Boundary, and that was. Uh, grueling experience to say the least it was almost uh tolerable compared to being sick but just almost yeah i never actually watched that so tell me about it well it's a light novel adaptation just to which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it uh it just i i did not like it at all i remember watching it when i came out first episode i said man this it didn't catch me and and so just for reference this is the one where they have uh Magic, sort of magic users, it's not really clear exactly how their world works, which is one of my complaints about it. And they have this one girl who uses her, basically uh, transmutes her own blood into things like swords. And so she has this problem with anemia because uh, she's always using all her iron in her blood to do things. Uh, but beyond that, it wasn't, uh, it, it, it was like a low stakes uh, action show. And the action wasn't that great, but it was a Kyoto animation so it looked good, but other than that, I mean, it was kind of the same same crap. But I uh, I stuck in there for eight episodes. I was trying to get through all twelve. I couldn't make it. I threw in the towel. But the uh, I did get a clip. I watched the uh, the English dub of it, and it was honestly unlistenable. I changed over to the uh, to the uh, regular um, subtitle version. I'm trying to pull up my clip here. Yeah. So here's the uh, here's the basic kind of thing that you get in the show. Police aren't asking you to do some nudies. However, if that's something you're willing to consider, this is the minimum you'd be receiving for your troubles. I only take the nudes for her personal collection. And so on. And so this is your action battle anime. Yeah. <laughs> I did get yeah, one... That, that, that didn't really sound all that good, honestly. No, it, it that is was... Like, that is like the definition of phoning it in. Yeah. They had, and so it's, the complaints I have for it are like, you can't tell if they're stuck in a time loop or something like that, because it seems, they keep making references to people, uh, or they, they'll kill a monster, and they have to wait till it comes back, and it's not clear, is this like RPG mechanics, or do they just regenerate after a time? So nothing about any of the, the magic is defined, and that was incredibly annoying, because I want to know what's going on, and... You know, maybe the light novel fills it in, but the light novels aren't translated. I went and looked up that, so I'm going to have... Let's start up the show on a, on a low note and say Beyond the Boundary is a, a, a thumbs down. The, the, only, the only part of the show that I'd seen repeated over and over was there's one scene in the middle of... Uh, in the episode where they have basically the dancing anime trope where they have to, for, for a plot, you know, device reason, they have to do a, like, an idle dance uh, performance. Oh, you know, to distract the monster. 
And oh, so they do it and they suck and then they have to go and do it again. And so, but what happens is they do it and they suck and they lose. And then the next scene is like, oh, and we've been training for a week. And then they go back and play. They didn't even show a training montage. It was disappointed. And that the lack of the training montage made it the worst. So there we go. I did get one clip that I liked out of it, which was, uh... Aren't you glad you caved it and came? And so I put that on the soundboard. That's the only thing that came out of it that I liked. Oh my god. <clears throat> but everything else... So, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, you continue. Well, uh, I was also watching uh, Uzaki-chan next episode. Um, so what are we up to, 11 now? Yeah, I think, I think so. I'm not actually keeping track of the episode numbers. I'm just watching them as they come out. Yeah, and that one's still... Uh, it's a it's continues to be kind of slow the way it was kind of drudging along before but the, uh, the yeah. latest episode it, it picked up in the middle and then it picked up at the end and I even got a, a, a screenshot that we can put in the show notes so I took I did something different this week and I took some screenshots of things as I was watching them all right yeah. Important to use that ability to put them in our notes eh? yeah indeed and I don't know uh, I I suppose it's fair use we can put a screenshot in there yeah Nobody will stop us. But yeah, they had the rock climbing sequence that was fun. The, uh, the, uh, oh, you know, the learning to cook bit. That was funny. She gets mm. got a proper comeuppance with that. She just couldn't climb those walls. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we ended on a cliffhanger again. Well, um, of course. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to the next episode now. So they got me. I'm, I want to see what's going on next. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was you funny know, too. Oh, go ahead. We got to really work on this talking over each other thing. I think so it's a Skype I delay. I watched something <laughs> out of the ordinary on the weekend myself. Yeah, what'd you what'd you do? Yeah, so Otaku no Video. And that's an I old one. If it, yeah, I don't know if it's better to describe it as famous or infamous, <laughs> honestly. So it turn it turns out there's actually this. This Roku channel that has for free all these classic uh, animes from like the 70s up to like 2012, and so I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll give I'll give this a shot. Went through, saw what was there, and I was like, yeah, a talking no video. How about I watch this? I ke I kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it, kept hearing about it, <laughs> and well, the animated parts aren't too bad. No, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the thing looks like. I remember watching it once. But yeah, I do remember it was part live action, part animated. Yeah, uh, and the live action parts, they're just like fake interviews with the uh, Yeah, Otaku. that was it. And well, uh one of the one of them that was interviewed, the one who is playing the hentai game, that was actually yeah, Anno himself. <laughs> yeah, Hidaki Anno from uh yeah. Studio Gynex fame. Well, I mean, this was a Gynex production. As you could tell by those uh by those title cards in the uh in the fancy looking kanji and like it was paint like the characters were not painted. What's it called? You know the Like scratched onto the film strip, you mean? No, 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 no. Like when, when it's like fancily written. Oh, calligraphy? Yeah. Like almost calligraphy block characters. Right? Like, you remember those title cards that would sometimes come up, especially near the end of the Evangelion TV series? 
Oh, they had the like the full as, screen as they were running out of money, where it's like got the different letters and they're like in different sizes and stuff, and like artistically arranged. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of they had that in there, so it's like, huh, yeah, that is definitely a Gainax thing. So, what do you think of Otaku no Video? Is it infamous or famous in your book? If you cut out the if you cut out the parts, the interview parts. It's not too bad. It, it's, an, it's an enjoyable little romp if you can shut off your brain. The interview parts, like, just... They just really, really suck out a lot of the energy, for one thing. Although, to be honest, it wasn't the, it wasn't the worst thing about watching it this way. The worst thing is why this particular Roku channel is free. And that's because it keeps interrupting every 20 minutes or so with like a million commercials <laughs> so, it's not even like looking for like chapter points it's it's like it plays for amount of time empties the buffer grabs a bunch of commercials shows them to you and then continues where it left off yeah i heard that's incredibly irritating i know exactly what you mean it is absolutely fucking <laughs> it's irritating they had, uh, I think YouTube did that to me. I did an exercise where I turned off ad blockers just to, I was changing browsers around um, and I was trying to see if Brave was going to work for me, if it was too annoying like it was last time, um, see if there's anything other than Firefox I could get that I liked. And so I was demoing websites and things with uh, browsers that didn't have ad blocks turned on at the time. And so I went on YouTube and my God, how can you watch anything? The, the number of interrupts and pre-rolls, it's just impossible to get to anything you want to see, especially if you're searching for some, you're searching for a seven-second sound clip. And so you're going to go through ten videos to see, and scrub around the way I listen to things. Uh, is yeah, you you don't listen to the whole video. You click on the, you click on the bar and, and jump around trying to find the place you want, and it keeps showing you ads every time you try and change yeah. it. YouTube is unusable if you don't have uBlock Origin installed and turned on. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have a tip. Uh, I don't know if you've used this plugin, but while we're on the topic, there's one that I use called Distraction Free YouTube. This is, that is for uh, Firefox. Yeah, it's for Firefox and and Chrome. Um, I think one of them might be a Distraction Free YouTube. There, but they're similar. Uh, and what it does is hides elements of the YouTube UI, and so you can turn YouTube into so that the front page is a blank screen with a search bar. And it hides all of the trending content and, and all that crap. And you can turn off sidebars. You can turn off playing videos at the, uh, at the end. You can turn off the comment sections. And so I put this on my work computers in case I won't need to show someone at work. Of, you know, sometimes there's information on YouTube that I'm you know, showing someone professionally. Or say if you were in a classroom showing a YouTube video for whatever reason. Um, you can do things like hide the comments and the descriptions and all the other distracting things on the screen so you don't have, uh, if you're trying to show something in a, in a professional or a classroom kind of setting, you just have the video and not, you know, the stupid related videos at the bottom, which honestly might not be appropriate for uh, an educational or, or professional environment. So it's distraction-free YouTube. I recommend plugging that in and just clicking all the boxes. I never have to worry about that, so... Yeah. Ublock Origin is good enough for me, just so long as the advertisements aren't being shown in the middle of everything, I'm happy. But yeah, I guess maybe I should install those on my work computer 
for the same reasons. It's it, and it's also if someone looks looking over your shoulder, you know, or you like I said, you're showing someone something, you're trying to be professional, and then when you have a bunch of weird, especially if you have a bunch of weird related videos or recommended videos, it's like eh, maybe I don't want these showing up. Mm -hmm. And I think I was listening to Grumpy Old Ben's. They had a uh, comment about Twitch interrupting streams now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work out for Nick the Rat tonight. Indeed. So he's going to have to hit the, what, the commercial break button? Yeah, or they'll do it for him. Wow. That yeah. sounds pretty irritating. I guess it's still better than streaming on YouTube itself, though. Especially with his show's content. Yeah. Well, until we have some modular way you can just spin up your own YouTube clone on your own hosting. Do it in a way that doesn't cost way too much money. Well, uh, there is there is federated software for doing video sharing. Mm. And I believe at least one of them backs onto IPFS for storage. But that still means you still have to like have have a lot of bandwidth on your on your host end, right? Because if other people aren't watching the videos, it's not going to get through IPFS system, right? So it yeah. still has to come pulled off your server. But that's something totally different anyways. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm I'm excited that someday those will be solved problems. And just the way that we can create, hopefully soon, sooner than later, I'll actually have an audio stream for this show set up. I'm going to use some open source and freely available software to do that. And uh, hopefully the video problem will be something solved soon enough too. Yeah. I still think we should probably, when we are able to, use one of the existing streams for our show or at least when we're when we're live on our own stream have somebody pipe it onto hunting no agenda stream saying that if we start if we start actually live streaming our shows uh to take over a hog story stream as we're more appropriate for them yeah i'm still not clear on the I, I don't think I've listened to anything but Hog Story on the Hog Story stream. I don't even know what other programming's on that. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Do, they don't have a web page or something for it, do they? Like an info page for Hog Story. For Hog Story, when well, I know they have one for Hog Story, but for the for the stream part of Hog Story. Yeah, all it ever is is Hog Story itself, and occasionally John and Carolyn coming on to screw around, and the rest of the time it's. It's all jazz and uh, and swing numbers. Huh. There aren't any other actual shows on their stream. Oh, so you can be the second show. Well, it's it's up to Fletcher, but I don't see why not. Oh, maybe I'll ask him. What I want to get something streaming on our own uh, merits. It's something that I do want to do. I want to make sure I know how to put it together myself. And I did I, I did it before, but it's just been a while. Been like yeah seven or eight years that's understandable i'd want to have the ability to set something up myself before i use someone else's anyways for the same reason just so i know what the hell i'm doing yeah and you know you gotta get go out and get the right software the uh one thing i was having trouble with i was taking some screenshots and looking around uh at how i wanted to edit them and there was an old piece of software that i i used to have which was uh, i think it was called image magic which was a command line GIS. I think yeah, it was spelled a graphics magic. And I don't remember which is the fork of the other. Yeah. This was a cool tool 
that lets you do command line operations on images. And I used to use it in a build for a game to uh, take the source textures and images and get them cropped and formatted right. Um, but I was looking into some of the different image processing that you can do today. Like I was clicking through um, tutorials on... I was, I was looking at other problems that were related to... They were similar to the image... Uh, um, when you have an image sensor and then you need to deal with the fact that all the red, green, and blue pixels are at actually, they're at different locations when you uh, physically on the sensor. And so you have to compute what the values are at the, uh, at the, uh, the average location. And so I was reading a bunch of documents on that. And yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff with image sensors lately in image software. Like it's the, the depth of how do you design an optimum camera sensors uh, that, it's been studied and grown so much since, I don't know, as I guess I never looked at it with this detail before, but it's, it's a cool science. And I'd like to find someone who uh, really understands it because I, I don't know, I'm just reading stuff on the internet. Yeah, that was all, my... all, I know is, all I know is CCD goes burr. <laughs> no, that was one of my muses. I was, I was clicking through these things. It was pretty fun. And then image, even the uh, image editing programs have a bunch of built-in things like when you look at how these denoising algorithms that they put in really work, like wow, this is some advanced shit. How about the how about the uh, algos for like upsampling, like waifu two x and the like? <laughs> so those I I didn't see anything that special about upsampling. I mean, I assume upsampling is kind of the same as when I only do upsample. Well, I've written upsamplers before. I've actually designed them and implemented them. Um, and the stuff I was doing was pretty rudimentary. It's basically a convolution filter, and then you uh, you don't even need to have an anti-aliasing filter because with upsampling you're safe. Downsampling you need an anti-aliasing filter. Um, I the more interesting stuff that's happening with that is the AI to me, where they can have a computer try and fill in more detail than than exists inside the signal. So when you upsample, you don't create any new information. It, so you take a, an image that's a certain size and you upsample it to, by a factor of two. You don't add any information to it. So the spatial frequencies of the image are actually the same. Um, they're they're uh, shifted in a way. I think they, there's there's a it's like a one over n factor, one over n squared factor, or something they they change by. But essentially, they're the same. There's no new information. Um, but there are algorithms like that they'll ingest a bunch of images and then take a look at a degraded image and predict what the details are. And, and in that case, they actually add more information to the image uh, using, they call it AI, but I don't know if it's really AI proper. I think AI is marketing speak for these sorts of applications, but it's- Edges uh, to cats. What was it? Edges to cats. <laughs> What's that? Some kind of uh, app? Yeah, so you were talking about you're talking about like to fill in or take something really degraded, right, and make it into a proper picture. So oh, I'm looking at this. <laughs> yeah, I actually created a really freaky looking Furby with this before. Jeez, well, let me yeah. do let me do one. Is is this something you can click online and just do it? Play edges to cats here. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Clear. Let's see if I can do one live. So I'm going to do a kitty cat. Okay. Process. 
Downloading model. Dot, 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 dot. It's running. Pix2 Pix is running. Come on, baby. I got nothing. It didn't give me any output. <sighs> what a disappointment. No, it gave me a blank image. I'm running one right now. Yeah. The downloading is a little slow. But it, you saw the other pictures for this, right? Like the, the sample one. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you can see, like... No, it makes a photorealistic-looking cat. Well, it, depending on how well you draw the uh, the input, the output can look yeah. pretty derpy. Yeah, like the one that I just did. <laughs> save, a, save a picture of that. We'll put it in the show notes. That's content. That's show content, man. It is. Oh, Lord. This one... <laughs> I'm watching him scroll by on the, uh, the preview. He draws the cartoon-looking cat, and he gets the <laughs> really weird-looking one. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. So wait, as far as upsampling goes, that's what I think is. That kind of stuff is more interesting. Ever said the other the alternative for upsampling is like Shannon Nyquist, and then I don't think it changes much from that. All right. Well, should we pop back to anime for a bit more? Oh uh, yeah. We haven't finished talking about our uh, our sex turning into politics, turning into romance advice show yet. Oh boy, Peter Grill. What kind of deviant yep. sicko do you take me for? Woo! Wow, Peter Grill is the gift that keeps on giving. Isn't it, though? This is my favorite show at this point. I, I mean, I liked Uzaki Chan at the beginning. Peter Grill is quickly turning into my favorite anime that I'm watching right now. It, it is definitely the black horse of the season. <laughs> and it did... I, I don't think there was... Usually there's, like, a sex scene or something inside that they shove in there just because. I think this was a cl almost a clean episode. I think it was a clean episode. I think it was, too, yeah. Yeah, and also, it delivered more laughs in, like, nine minutes than all the other shows I watched uh, this week combined. Including Mizaki Chain, which got, I got a couple new. chuckles from. Oh, boy. So they have, uh, how's it start up? Peter Grill has to fight Spartacus. Spartacus. I'm just gonna call him Spartacus, because that's what he is. And th that was just funny, where he's, they have all this build-up, he's gonna die, and then he, like, swings his sword, and he defeats him with a one swing and he's one swing like, and he's he falls over and breaks rocks, his neck oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that was fun and then of course to watch peter grill suffer now he has montage. to the training montage. They, and they had a training montage which is uh more than beyond the boundary could ever do there and but here's here's where peter grill really caught me on this episode the, i'm talking about the show peter grill is when you have these all the different girls on the show who are, they don't have any morality. They're just completely heartless. And they gang up to, to like hurt one of the, one of theirs. And they say, oh, well, the Ogre Sisters, we don't like them. So we're going to help you. And then they're doing all these really, uh, you know, questionable things. Like they say, oh, well, you know, Spartacus has got to win. So let's roid him up. And <laughs> yeah. Piglet's like giving him some, uh, I don't know what it was supposed to be. Some kind of yeah. weird, yeah. gross yeah. stuff. Banned magic from the elf and banned steroid food <laughs> from the yogurt. And so he turns he turns into like a roid monster. Oh my god! Yeah, and he's like speaking like monosyllabic. Yeah, he no, he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! That and between losing between that and the training they didn't montage, show the fight, did they? No, they didn't show the fight. Thanks for spoiling it, asshole. It ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's true. Mm. No, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen, but it's it yeah. it almost took on a Seinfeld quality. 
just the way that the uh the different i don't know how you describe it's just like bad people one way that montage could have been better and that's if they played eye of the tiger yeah (laughs) it's the eye of the tiger they had um every time i hear that song i can i can only think of that tiger i wonder they what was that I wonder what the Japanese equivalent to Eye of the Tiger is. Oh. Is it he- Chara, Head Chara, something like that? I know, it's got to be some stupid anime song like that. It's the theme from Dragon Ball. Yeah, probably the theme yeah. from Dragon Head Ball. Head Chara. Yeah, no, Peter Grill was excellent. And the other, just to close this out, the other show I watched was uh, Sora Noito, which was, uh, I only watched a couple episodes. I got up to like three, but I'd seen the whole series before. They, they had. Um, no, remember when it was airing? Do you remember when it was airing and, and like, everyone would just be memeing that? Oh yeah, Amazing Grace. That song keeps coming up. I got to. I think I stopped at the third episode. That was, that was the first like memeable episode where it, the whole the whole episode centered around the song Amazing Grace and different renditions of it. But that was a really cool moment the first time I watched it, when, and, and I, I knew it was coming this time. It was still cool where they have... Uh... So the setting, just to cue people in, don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Sora Noito was... An, it was actually an A1 picture show. I, I thought it was Kyoto Animation, but I was just confused by the fact they drew all it the characters like exactly like Kaon. <laughs> and that reminded me uh, of something when I was watching Haruhi... Haruhi season one looks like Haruhi. Haruhi season two, everyone looks like K-On characters. Yeah. That there was an era where all of the popular anime suddenly had a stylistic shift, and it was right after K-On was a hit. And so A1 Pictures is not Kyoto Animation, but they did all their character designs in that style that that year. So one of the some of the characters look they they look straight out of a uh, straight out of K-On too. It's uncanny. Maybe I should have grabbed the picture of that comparison. But they, uh, the show was something I always liked for the plot, too, um, and, and the setting and the world. I believe it was an original, so it didn't have any source material. And so everything, uh, all the world building happened in the anime. There wasn't like, read this novel, or you know, there's backstory in some other, in the manga or something. But they had, um, it's a outpost at the edge of basically switzerland and well based on the names but yeah it's not really it's a fantasy world all of this is actually happening in like a uh, post-apocalyptic japan yeah and but all these groups and stuff they've got they've got all these european style names the the place looks like it's out of out of like I think it's mountainous parts of Spain. I think it's actually called Helvetia. Um, Helvetia. Helvetia, or something along the, or Helvetica. Helvetica. I don't know. For all I know. So uh, this one character, uh, Kanata, shows up, and she's going to be the bugler for the uh, for this small outpost. And so her main duties involve playing taps and playing revelry at the the beginning and the end of the day. And they're an they're in a situation where they don't expect there's any war. They're guarding a border that they don't expect anyone to ever come across because it's there's just no man's land on the other side. And 
they're a tank brigade, but they have a tank, but it's in pieces in a garage. And so they're trying to figure out how to fix it. And one of the problems is the tank is built with this lost, forgotten technology. So they have subplots where, you know, the tank has a big ass laser cannon that can do some cool yeah. stuff, but they're looking, yeah. they can't get a lens for it. They've got the they've got like the emotionless little lolly who who like knows everything of technology. Excuse me, so. she's the premium girl, is what we like to call her. That was Noel. Yeah. <laughs> As uh, after uh, this is the first premium girl was Rei Ayanami, I think. She's the Rei Ayanami Yuki Nagato kind of clone. Hmm. I'd you say more. I'd say more Yuki than Rei. Yeah, but she has that you know blue hair, blue bob cut doesn't say much it's it's the same as both of them i guess going back it's to not really a the what it's not really a bob cut especially since she's got like those front uh, tail things on yeah, at the front you're making me look her up again it was noel something kanagi noel kanagi yeah okay yeah not quite it's close not even it's close fact check false it's better than the hime mullet which is one that, that's been around yeah, and doesn't uh, doesn't Kura have have that? Nah, I don't have a picture of the cast here. Yeah, I've got a, a promotional poster picture mm. in front of me. You want to save oh, it? Red. Save it for the show notes. Oh, it's just on it's just on the book of knowledge. No point in saving it for the show notes. Mm. I was just going to throw the link for the Wikipedia page in, anyways. So anybody who goes to that sees it. Ah, yeah. So this show had some heart to it too. It it uh. It had sort of some mundane situations and some, uh, but they they found action and comedy inside them. So it was at times a slice of life. And then they, they always had these, one thing they, they did, which it reminded me of MASH, where they're like brewing. It turns out that they're making wine or, or, uh, or they're distilling something in, uh, secretly. And so they have a lot of these other th things going on behind the scenes that, that you find yeah. out as it goes on. So there's a lot of heart to the to this sure group. About the master Harrison there because because Hawkeye had that still more or less on display. Yeah. Well, Alan Alda. It's a good show. Yeah. Well, other than the fact that as it went on and Alda took more control of it, it stopped being so much of a comedy. Yeah. They they tried to end it, it on syndrome after uh after Henry died, they had a. Um, I don't know. It's the ending was not satisfying to me. I don't know if I should spoil it, but when did this thing come out, it came out a while ago. So, I was disappointed with the way they wrapped it up. So, it seemed like a, a fake out. You know, it's like, oh, here's of of course this is how they win the war. Come on, but no, I'd still like it. Sornoito. It wasn't really even either side winning the war. It was more. I was going to leave it ambiguous. Like, I was going to say exactly what happened. It, it was just, yeah, it was too abrupt. And Sound of the Sky aired a decade ago. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to look. I can't believe that. 2010 to 2011. I, I think it was one of the first series I actually started uh, watching after joining the Katawa Shoujo IRC. Yeah, genre, slice of life, and war story. Yep. The perfect combination. It's like a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll. A lot of mood whiplash. Yeah. Yeah, and that, mean, like, that's where the MASH comparison comes from. It's like slice of life, war story. Oh, they had a PlayStation Portable game, too. Wow, I didn't know that. 
visual novel. Musical visual novel. <laughs> a musical visual novel, wow. All right, I'm going to put that in the recommend category because I started off with a bummer and uh, I was talking about Beyond the Boundary and I didn't like that at all. This one was actually solid and uh, loved it when it aired. I loved it when I watched a couple so, episodes. Even if the ending was a bit too abrupt, it was like a beautiful show. Yeah. Where's season two? It needs a season two. And it'll never have a season two. No. It was. It's too good for that. Yeah. Well, some things are getting season twos. I think we yeah, have uh, uh we made a promise threes we made a promise that we were going to talk about some new upcoming anime st stuff that hasn't even aired yet but we have uh some some shared resources community resources that tell us what's going to come out uh in the next couple weeks yep i i went through anichart and picked out a dozen shows well 11 shows in a two episode <laughs> oh, ova that I expect to at least watch the first three episodes of. All right. How about you? How, you said you had, what, two or three on your list? Yeah, I had two two on my list and one I added after. Uh, the first one was uh, called 16 Days, 15 Hours. Was that Did that make your list? No. It's a PA Works show. I know nothing about it, but it's an original source. And the only... I haven't seen a trailer for it yet. But I know the writer is Jun Medea, who is a prominent visual novel writer um, and also wrote uh, Angel Beats, which was another show that I, I liked when, they, when it came out. And so I'm looking forward to that just because it has his name attached to it. And Maybe I do have that then because I remember something that was uh, Jun Medea. Yeah. But uh, it's called, oh, I'm sorry, 16 Days, 15 Hours. That's not the name of it. It's uh, in Japanese. I just wrote, the, I just linked to the thing. Where did you get the title of this stupid thing in English? Kamisama, oh, it's, uh, it says it down here. It's, I think it's the God of High School or something. Kamisana Ninata He? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I have that. There's no English title for it. That is... The end of the world and decides to live with the protagonist until the end. That's the summary I put down for it, based yeah. on the description I saw. The world will end in 30 days. There we go. I was reading the, the time to air. <laughs> yeah. Because I couldn't find the English thing. That's the <laughs> only English te text on the line. Look, if you hover your mouse over it, then it then it changes. Oh, I can't get yeah. it back. What's, I, what's the time? Wish that I had, I, you make me wish I had uh, polite applause on my soundboard. Yeah. 16 days, 15 hours is uh, how long it takes to before it airs. Before it airs, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, do you got anyone to add? Maybe we'll alternate. Uh, considering how many I have, let's just see if I've got your other one as well. Well, I have Higurashi, so I knew... I said that before I'd be looking forward to it. And so, yeah, uh, that's not on my list. Ah. Higurashi no Naku Koroni, the 2020 uh, remake, is... Uh, We've talked about it earlier on the show. I I like the original Higurashi. You know, it had some some stuff went down when it aired. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. I have a link to the trailer that we can put in the show notes because uh, they did do a, a trailer for the remake that shows some of the different character designs. They changed a couple things about it so far, but looks good. And yeah, that one's so all I really know about Higurashi make just makes me think of the song. Meaning of Life by Disturbed. Hmm. It's a very... I think that's 
probably because of uh, AMVs. <laughs> well, it had all these violent scenes inside, and that's what it got famous for, was we had the head stabbing, uh, suicide by stabbing yourself in the side of the head. It's like, wow, that's kind of brutal. Yeah. They had yeah, a lot of other stuff hard. in there, too. But it, it was also a period piece. Uh, it's set in the 80s. I don't know if you knew that, but it is... I did. It is a show where their school club uh, does games, usually board games and card games and things like that. So there's no computer games. There's no cell phones. When they want to make a phone call, they have to walk to a payphone. And they're in a remote village with no... I won't say no contact with the outside world, but not a lot. They uh, they have some phone lines and they have a hospital they have to drive you know a good distance down the road to get to. So it's a isolated horror story set in the 80s. And uh, I love it. And the village is a real village. So the, the village it's set in, set in actually is a place that exists. And there's some cool uh, photo shoots of people who went and they shot. They found all the settings from the anime and they found where they are in real life and, and did some side-by-sides. Of course. Yeah. So, right, so oh, I had to go through my list, right? Okay. And when you're done, I have one more. If it's not on your list, I'll bring it in. All right. So I, I'm, my list is actually based on when they start airing. Is That's the order they're in. So the first one is... The first one's called 100 Men no Inochi no Ue ni Orwa Tateru. Yeah. We need English names there's, for there's these. No, there's no English name for this one. Yeah. Uh, my description for it is... Friendless middle schooler is isekai'd with two girls and forced to be a hero. So just a warning out there, this is an isekai series. And probably with all that that entails. And for those who don't know what that means, it means he's been dragged into another world. It means... fantasy world! It means he's... he's it's one of the, the fads in anime uh, plots. The current fad is isekai shows. Yeah, pretty much. So the second one is an adaption of a light novel, and I've been reading another adaption of this, the manga, mm-hmm. as chapters have been slowly coming out, and it's Majo no Tabitabi. Oh, I'm looking for it on my list here. So what's this one about? So my summary of this one is, Cute witch journeys across the world, becoming involved in the stories of people she meets. So it's uh, it's like a a light adventure slash comedy, and I guess I guess for her it would be slice of life since this is what she pretty much does, just wandering around the world and and meeting people. Is this it, like it's a? Cute. It's cute. The journey of Elenia. Elenia? Yeah. Yeah. This one has, according to... I'm, I'm coming Elena. up with some English. Yeah, this is probably going to be titled Journey of Elena in English. Yeah. Okay. My next one is a sequel. And that's uh, Denmachi Season 3. So, long name for people who, who like, have really good tongues. Dungeon ni die... You can say that again. No, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> and so what's this? Now, there is English name for this one, and that is, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Indeed. So I know the English name for that one was, 
I'm partial to the English names for them, so if I hear the Japanese ones, I might not know. But I do recognize this one, and it has a season three? Season three, yeah. Jeez. It's on to season three now. And the only thing I know about the show is it involves a lot of teeth brushing. No, that's just that one, uh, <laughs> that's just that one gif. It's the only thing I know about it. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's pretty much a, a fantasy action adventure and... For the main character, more or less an unwanted harem. Because there is one girl he actually is interested in who is like an emotionless doll most of the time. Ah, aren't they all? Huh? Joking. What kind of deviant <laughs> sicko do you take me for? Alright, next up Stop. is... Oh, I know. Konikaku... It's it Love Live, right? No. Oh, okay. Konikaku Kawaii. <laughs> Or the English title is Tony Kawa Over the Moon for You. For you. And this one I have described as Romance of a Strangely Named Boy and a Mysterious Girl. I'm not even seeing this on the list. Okay, if you're going by the pictures, yeah. it's the one of the purple-haired boy carrying the red-haired girl in a wedding dress. In a wedding dress? Yeah. Her description is this this boy meets a meets a cute girl when he's going for his high school entrance exam and gets hit by a car and after after she helps him he confesses to her right same day they've met and. So she agrees to go out with him, but he but he has to marry her for agree to marry her first. Next year he tries the exams again, decides to work instead, and then after he turns 19, they meet up again and their happy, romantic and mysterious married life together begins. Ah. So, so this part is... of me is thinking this this is before before the retirement. Uh, uh, the plan for getting getting Japanese people to make more babies. Part mm. of that. Yeah. Except Shinzo. So Shinzo Abe is gone though. So we. Have yeah. To, but it's like I mean, the car still. It has some momentum. You know, you can't. The brakes don't work yet. It's got to keep going. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure. There's lead time for these things, yeah. right? It's got inertia. It's got inertia. If they made it, right? If they put this much effort into it, they might as well finish it. Even if he even if he has like quit politics to to heal up and be retired. Indeed. I was trying to get some news on that front too, on the Shinzo Abe front, just for an update. There's no solid news. No one can figure out what's going on in uh, Moonland, so Yeah. That's not a surprise. Yeah, it's completely opaque. So you know, one day we'll find out there's a new prime minister. Yeah, the next one is cute girls doing cute things, where the cute things this time is climbing walls. Oh, I saw that on the list. Yuakakuru, yeah. uh, sport climbing girls, and yes, I, my summary literally is cute girls climbing cute walls. <laughs> And once again, we're proving there is actually a sport anime for every sport. Yep. You name and, it. Uh, name a sport, there's an anime for it. At least one of these girls is really ripped, too. Jeez. 
You got to be careful I, if you're I, on paper. I like yeah, I, I like that in, in a girl having like the abs and muscles and everything. I'm but, looking for uh, the looking for the we're, picture now. We're, now. now we're getting out of our own show and getting more towards Smashcast territory. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's let's continue on. My next one is by the grace of the gods is the English name, and the Japanese name is Kamitachi ni Hirowareta Otoko, and this is, as I've summarized it. Middle-aged wage slave gets reincarnated as a Shota with control over slimes. Over and slimes. With, yes, and with the addendum not nearly as etchy as it sounds. Because really, he, he trained... The guy the guy dies, he's reincarnated in this, uh, in this other world, and the gods that brought him there uh, Put him somewhere where he wanted to be, somewhere nice, peace, quiet in the in the woods, and he discovers he has both a talent and passion for taming, researching, and uh, and mastering the uh, ability or mastering breeding of slimes. So he actually creates like new varieties of slime, for example. It's like the secret slime breeding program i think i've got one of those in my bathroom if if i may if i may spoil where things have gotten to in the in the manga at least and they're probably a lot further along in the light novel he's actually he's actually opening a laundromat thanks to thanks to cleaner slimes that he bred that can just take they'll just like eat the clothes and then, and then crap them back out, all nice, clean, and washed, possibly even folded. Who knows? Jeez. So you're gonna yeah. watch. You're gonna watch all of these shows. Some of them I have marked as I'm definitely gonna keep watching them. Some of them I've got marked for. I'm gonna at least try the first three episodes and see if I actually like it or not. Uh, you're more dedicated than me. The majority of these are in the second category, but I still have a few more to go. Uh, the next one is Maojo di Oyasumi, and this is a sleeping princess, or, well, yeah, lazy princess gets kidnapped by the demon king and essentially takes over his castle in order to get better sleep. <laughs> get the sleep number uh, castle. And she does this in amazing ways, considering there are sheet ghosts that she goes and kills to make her bedding uh teddy bear demons and all sorts of other things it's i'm i'm thinking it might if they've adapted it well it could be almost as funny as peter grill mm. it depends on how well it's adapted but i'm gonna probably watch through the whole thing even if it's not that great an adaption what uh studio is doing this this is koga Do uh, doga kobo oh yeah i've never heard of them no they've done some stuff in the past uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure there's other things I've seen that they've done. I just if, clicked on them. Uh, yeah, Analyst isn't actually giving me anything on their on their studio page. It's like just not working. I got a I got the studio page up. I'm at 2018. I see nothing I've heard of. 2017. Looks like they did a lot of things. Just nothing I'd. Uh... Gabriel dropout. I recognize that, but I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. The uh, Himoto Marochan. Wow, I didn't I watch that either. 
plastic memories. I okay, we're get, we're back far enough. That we're hit. We're hitting stuff that I've actually uh, heard of. <laughs> da, 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 da. Wow. Oh, Euro Yuri. Euro yeah. Yuri. Yeah, that, that was good. It was actually pretty funny. Okay, yeah, I've, I've uh, I didn't recognize them, but I've seen some of their stuff before. Yeah. Oh my God! You know what they did? What? They did. Um, I think was was this? It was a Pokemon movie, and I saw it in theaters. Uh, two thousand. Let's see, nineteen ninety nine. It wasn't the Mewtwo movie. It was the I think the second one. I'm trying to come up with the uh, the English name, but I recognized the poster. I saw this in a drive-in theater. I'm <laughs> good. Went to see a Pokemon movie in a drive-in theater. Oh yeah, I mean we were kids, and they had a, they had um, was it the same year as Muppets in Space? I think it was the double feature was Muppets from Space. Yeah, 1999. <whistles> so yeah, they did two That's kids, smart. two kids movies. Huh. Jeez. Well, I've still got a few more, few more to go through on here. Jeez. So what you yeah, just, just because I'm losing count here. How many do you have total? I said a dozen. A dozen? Straight up dozen. <sighs> okay. I'm so here. I'm listening. Two, Lay it on me. Three, four, five to go. Okay, next one. Our Last Crusade or The Rise of a New World. Kimito Boku no Saigo no Senjo. Eruwa Sekai ga Hajimaru Seisen. Summarized as... Science swordman and witch princess fall in love during a war between their peoples. Uh, tagged as action, etchy, fantasy. And I'm wondering if it's going to be like some sort of like Japanese take on Romeo and Juliet. Romeo or... and the witch princess. Yeah. <laughs> Romeo and the witch princess, right? There you go. So that's on my... Let's see. Let's see if it's good list rather than my must watch. One after that, we've already covered, which is uh, Kamisama ni Natahi. The one after that. Oh yeah, that was is, those. Uh, yeah. Yep. Next one after the next two are both short series. The first one is third season of One Room, and One Room is. Essentially, a first-person girlfriend experience anime. And the character designs are by the artist Kantoku, who is a name probably recognized by, by people who read a lot of light novels. And I also have it described as dangerously comfy. Mm. Because it is, pretty, it is pretty comfy stuff. It's a slice of life. I'm assuming then, that this is when people make fun of people who watch anime. This is the kind of thing they're talking about. It's po quite possible. <laughs> and then the last, the last actual show before I go on to OVA that I've got on my list is Dogiza de Tanon Demita, which does not have an English name, which and essentially boils down to a pervert genuflex for panties. Or for panty shots, at least. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's the entire description. That's the entire show. That's all that happens. That's how I've summarized it. And for the for the like ratings on on Anachart for the shorts, it is number three. <laughs> so a lot of fans then. A lot of anticipation for this one. A lot of perverts out there who enjoy anime. Ah, <sighs> <I don't> well. <know. laughs> What can I say? 
And then finally, the last item on my list here is there's going to be an OVA for for HX Arrows. Yeah. With the first episode coming out with volume 11 of the manga in November. And I'm not sure when the other episode comes out, but it comes with the 12th volume of the manga. Yeah, I saw that one on there. I said, oh, that's something Cole's going to want to watch. Yep. Yep. So it did not make my list. Twisted. Well, that's great. So we have have a couple of things to look forward to, and then we have uh, some reports that we can do on the next couple episodes. I think the next uh, the next season really starts kicking off in about two weeks, so I, I think we'll have one or two more shows before we can actually dig into to reactions to them. Um, there was one more show on there that I that I you didn't you didn't call out that that I made my list. Oh, what was your last show? They have a new Strike Witches anime. Oh, I did see that on there, but I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't watch the first one. I never really got into it. Uh, it was uh, it Strike was. Pants. Well, yeah, that's why I went uh, before the show started. I had to go get a clip that this is the description of Strike Witches. Look, I just want some pants, a decent pair of pants. <laughs> Solomon Grundy want pants too. And that's the whole anime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so this is this is an absolute shit show. This is a garbage fest. Uh, don't watch Strike Witches; it's bad for your health. But I did watch the first two seasons of it, and I'm gonna watch the the. Uh, I suppose this is the third, unless they snuck one in when I wasn't paying attention. No, nope. this is a this is apparently sequel to Strike Witches the movie. Hmm. So I'm not clear on the details. I just saw the uh, the uh, poster art. And I saw the title, I said, well, that's enough to get me in the door. So when that comes out, I'll be watching it. Uh, not sure Road what it's supposed Yeah. S- so Strike Witches is in the genre where you have um, anime girls which represent um, either abstract ideas or different nouns that aren't people. Um, and so you'll have, there's shows about guns and there's multiple shows about, there's, there's actually more shows where all the girls represent different guns than you'd, you'd expect. Um, there's a show where the, girl, where the girls represent like figurines. Yeah. Like or Gundam figurines or something. Or Isn't soda flavors. Behind frame arms girls. The what? Frame ar- Isn't the whole idea behind frame arms girls is that the girls represent like different, like gundam and macross models <laughs> I, i'm not sure that I sounds like that sounds one. plausible so i'll just believe it they had um <laughs> they've had a number of these and in this case with strike witches they have all of the characters are anthropomorphized world war ii airplanes or world war ii pilots and they have these extended flying sequences where they go have to go out and fight with basically vintage fight it's hard to describe because they're not I actually planes. Can't be this cute. <laughs> they're, so they're using their magical powers. They fly by putting on like shoes uh, with propellers on them. They fly around and they fight uh, missions against this alien invading force. But all of the aliens are look suspiciously like uh, Nazi Germany era experimental aircraft, and all of the characters represent either countries or specific people um usually gender swapped so like chuck yeager shows up in the show but he's charlotte yeager the busty redhead girl <laughs> which is so there was some news story where someone uh 
got him, tried to get him to react to an episode of Strike Witches back a long time ago. And apparently it didn't go as well. Uh, I think he's passed away since, but... But then they have the ace pilots from, you know, Germany and from the United States, and um, they they even have characters that just represent aircraft. Um, I think one of the characters was supposed to be a Russian surveillance craft. And so it's it doesn't make any sense. It's absolutely retarded. Um, it is uh, pandering to the to its core. Uh, the 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 original design for the show was supposed to be um, the, my understanding of the manga, the the original chapters inside it were commissioned by someone, and the author thought he was supposed to be writing some kind of erotic comedy. But they, that's not what they ordered. They ordered, like, oh, we wanted, like, an action show. So he did all these character designs where, okay, no one's... They're hardly wearing any clothes, and no one wears pants at all. And it's a world where there's no boys at all. It's it's just only women wearing skimpy clothes is the entire cast. And they changed the plot uh, after that. There were corrections, but they kept the original, like, horny character design. So, like I said, it's bad for your health. Don't even watch this. But I'm going to uh, be the canary in the coal mine here as a service. Uh, to everyone who might be our listeners, and uh, I'm gonna watch Thank Strike Witches. Thank you for your courage. But <laughs> I do have to fact check. Yeah, Chuck Yeager is still alive. Oh he's boy, he's 97 years old, but he's still kicking. Jeez. Yeah. Indeed. Born in 1923. Yeah. And the way he's been going, he's probably gonna hit a hundred. Yeah. Oh, that's a cool picture. I'm, lo- I'm looking yeah. at his wiki page now, so he has those pictures in front of the experimental aircraft. Was, uh... Well, just looking at his portrait picture there, right? He's got that. He's got that grin on his face. Yeah. Like he's think he's thinking, I've been through <laughs> some crazy shit, and I'm still here. And then for comparison, maybe we can do a side by side. Charlotte Yeager has bunny ears. <laughs> and doesn't wear pants yeah uh, i'm pretty sure chuck eager wears pants yes he does well that's gonna wrap up uh my uh my commentary on upcoming anime i've got my yeah. three you've got your dozen and we're not even done yet <sighs> what do we have left oh we've got some we've got some news i've i'm gonna bump a couple of things yeah, we're hitting. We're getting close. We can go. A li- we're going long today, but we're not going to go that much longer. Alert the affiliates. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad you caved in and came? I wanted to talk about some GPS stuff, but that can wait for for next week. GPS, like global positioning system. Yeah. Ooh. There's something with that. Then. Yeah. Let's let's save that so we can talk about that in some detail because I have opinions on GPS. Yes, as well as image viewing apps. You have opinions. Yeah. So I think those are things we can bump to next week. Um, I might strike that. I, I kind of... I said some of my piece with that already and didn't didn't come out. Okay. Well, first of all, let's take care... Let's take of some, uh, some gaming news. Yes. So, first of all, Todd's done it again. And to what are you referring? You don't get that, do you? Nope. You're over my head. No? Todd Howard. Uh, the guy from um, the game thing. I don't play friggin' Fortnite. I don't know what is. Uh, it's the guy who was on at the Fortnite company, right? <laughs> Fortnite. I, don't, I have no idea who this guy is. Bethesda. 
Oh, well, I don't in know. In fact, they bought Bethesda's company, Xenomax. I'm not even a big Bethesda fan, so... Well, I'm... I'm Despite living near Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, an Elder Scrolls nerd. Yeah, I could I could never well, get into it. I played play. Fallout Two on a friend's computer and didn't like uh, Skyrim. So yeah, Fallout Two wasn't even Bethesda. That was back in the uh, that was back in the Interplay days. Wow. That's... Fallout Three was the first one that came out of Bethesda. Yeah, I didn't play it. And yeah, well, out of the out of the Elder Scrolls games, Morrowind is hands down the best. But I did enjoy Skyrim. But anyway, now that now that Bethesda is owned by Microsoft, this means Todd Howard will have many more ways to sell people all new versions of Skyrim over and over and over and over again. Hmm. Man, I was I just think, playing the one the one version of Skyrim, and it felt like I was it was the same thing over and over and over again. Well, obviously, you didn't have enough mods installed then. <laughs> never, never play. Never play an Elder Scrolls game with that l without at least adding two or three gigabytes worth of mods. <laughs> for one, for one thing, it'll run a lot better because the first bunch of those mods will be the one that fixed all the bugs that made it out of Bethesda's sorely lacking QA department, and then the rest will make sure that things aren't so identical everywhere you go you mean like turning all the dragons into macho man randy savage i guess you could do that if you <laughs> wanted i think that was one of the that was the one i i remember going around you you never saw that one where they have a no no they change I, all I, the dragons to uh i tended wrestlers. to avoid the joke ones uh -huh. honestly because because i am an elder scrolls nerd ah uh, well a purist i guess yeah, but anyway, seven and a half billion dollars. Well, that's not. They paid more for uh, Minecraft. Did they pay yeah. ten ten billion for Minecraft? I'm not sure what they paid for Minecraft. I thought yeah, they... it was only one billion dollars, wasn't it? I thought they paid a ridiculous. Well, maybe I'm misremembering well, the number. Well, definitely has fuck you money now. Yeah, that much is for sure. Now I can't. Now I have to look that up and see if I misremembered it. Oh yeah, it was two point five. Was it two point five billion? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was 10 for some reason. Hmm. Well, anyway, now now people are starting to worry that that the next uh, the next Elder Scrolls game is going to be uh Xbox exclusive. So what's that mean? No mods? I'm not sure. By by the point, time it comes out, it might be possible to have to have installable mods on the Xbox one. Who knows? Yeah, I'm sure if or you can Xbox get your next whatever's coming out in the future. My guess would be just from the way things are going. If you want to have a mod, they probably have a, you know, state sanctioned. I'm saying state, you know, like there's some <laughs> the Microsoft state sponsored uh, mods will all be signed code and approved by their uh, their uh, mod store uh, administrators. I I would hope that it'd be something more along the lines of Steam's. Uh... Not workbench, whatever it's called. Workshop. Workshop, yeah. Honestly, like with Skyrim, I didn't even use that really. I, I had always used uh, Nexus Mod Manager. Well, at this point, isn't I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of my my information I have about gaming stuff. But isn't Bethesda like four different studios now? So they went from 
Bethesda was Maryland. And then they they have like Bethesda North and but like let's just buy a company and then we're we're gonna call it you know Bethesda Timbuktu. No, not exactly. It seemed like uh, that was the impression I I was getting where it seemed like they kept opening other things and calling them Bethesda. Like the, didn't they take one no, studio well, they bought and just change the name? They only they only started one new studio as far as I know. Like they started Zenimax Online Studios for Elder Scrolls Online, and all the rest were studios they bought mm. so like they bought tango gameworks of tokyo uh they bought machine games in uh in Uppsala, sweden arcane studios in uh, leon friend france and of course id in uh, in texas as far as i know all those studios are still in those places it's just that uh, Bethesda Software. Yeah, they they changed the name to Bethesda something. Zenimax Online are the ones that have that are the ones that weren't purchased, but actually, but actually started. Although in the case of Bethesda Softworks, it was more like Zenimax was formed as a uh, as a holding company for Bethesda. But anyway, now it's all Microsoft. Yeah, all the joy that comes with it. Yep. The acquisition deal is expected to be finalized in the second half of 2021's fiscal year. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the fiscal year for Microsoft starts in March? I would not I'm, know. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I should know because I own a bunch of Microsoft stock, but most of, most of my investments are or sit on them like uh, like eggs yeah. for cashing out later on. Well, my year starts in January, so that's well, all yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, Every, no, every individual's year starts in January. It's just that for corporations, they have... Yeah, I know. They have their tax years starting at different points in the year because, because that way they can actually... The governments can actually keep their tax people gainfully employed through the year instead of them being all swamped at one point and then have nothing to do for another 10 months. Yeah. Works out better for us in the, in the end that way too, because there's less gold brick in that our taxes have to cover. So there's one other thing that I want to bring up as well. And did you ever play hero quest back in, back in the early nineties? No, no, no. It was just a pretty cool board game. Uh, where it was it was actually from Milton Bradley and Games Workshop. So it had like this uh, it had this sort of like Warhammer fantasy feel to it with like the Chaos Warriors, Chaos Warlock mm. and uh, just, you know, kind of had that sort of go of it because well, Games Workshop, right? Anyway, it was it was a lot of fun. There was a bunch of expansions for it. You'd be You'd be going around and killing monsters and saving people and finding treasure in order to get to the point where you can fight and defeat this uh, evil wizard, Morkar, or in the U.S., Zargon. 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 Yeah. Actually, there is a uh, there's a video that you're gonna have to you're gonna have to see. I'll send you the link after the show. Okay. It's in the show notes. It's called Why Hero Quest is So Great. 
And it, it's it's pretty funny. Anyway, so now that it's uh, now that we're like thirty years after the game's been released, Hasbro is doing a uh, is doing a remake of the game with the with the game's workshop IP filed off because well Hasbro Hasbro has more lawyers than they have uh, actual game designers these days I think and uh, it's a ripoff they're they're ripping people off now I'm not saying like they're doing this as a as a not a Kickstarter but on their own crowdfunding platform and the price the prices for the games themselves are reasonable 100 bucks for for the general game 150 for what they're calling mythic where it comes with a couple of uh also remade expansions this is from ha- look, this is a mass produced game it's going to be why does it cost so much to get uh to get the box set that just seems there, like a lot for something there uh, was a lot of plastic involved in this between the figures the dice the furniture in the game uh the the issue is the shipping at least for canada to get the to get the basic heroic set 120 us dollars to put it in the mail yeah uh if you get the if you get the mythic the expanded one that has like the 135 us dollars and it should be mentioned these are not available in Quebec, and as far as I can tell, they are probably not going to be available in the territories either. So, and they're only available in U.S. and Canada. So, people in Europe, well, they're just shit out of luck. You think for a hundred dollars, you think they could get FedEx for a hundred dollar shipping fee? It is FedEx. Hundred dollars. <laughs> it is FedEx. Just to ship it. Now. There's this game that my brother got that I go over to his place and play every so often called Kingdom Death Monster. And if you want to talk if you want to talk about a lot of plastic, this this game is ridiculously huge. The the box alone for the, just containing the board, the cards and everything weighs I would say about 15 to 20 pounds and is like a yard by about a foot and a half and about eight inches deep. And the cost the cost of that from its Kickstarter was $20 to ship to Canada. Another game, another biggish game my brother got for through Kickstarter, Gloomhaven, included the cost of shipping in the pledge itself. So in other words, what we're looking at is Hasbro's decided that despite being probably the biggest and richest tabletop game company out there. I mean, these are the guys who who own Avalon Hill and Milton Bradley and Wizards of the Coast. Therefore, they've also got like the D&D stuff, which is practically, again, a license to print money. Oh, they've got to charge so much more for shipping. Bullshit! That's fucking bullshit. They're completely ripping people off here. And, like, this is just pissing me right off. Because when I was young, when I was young, and I would play this whenever I could, it was such a fun fucking game. And here they are, pissing on my childhood like that. Mm. Motherfuckers. 
Not to mention, uh, a lot of kids who might want to play it might not have 200-some dollars in, in their pocket to buy a game. 300. 150 plus another 135. There's 280 bucks right there, right? Plus tax. And then, and then these are the U.S. prices. You bring it up here after <laughs> the conversion, looking at probably close to 400 fucking Canadian dollars. Yeah. It is a fucking scam. Aren't you glad you caved it and came? Because I know what I'm probably going to end up doing anyways <laughs> is buying it as soon as it's available in stores or kicking myself if Hasbro decides that they're only going to be giving it to people who backed it. In which case, uh, the sooner somebody can drop uh, a plane load of bombs on Hasbro HQ, the better. And that's my... And that's my uh, that's my channeling Sir Bemrose for today, since he might not be able to on Friday, thanks to his removed tooth. <laughs> well, there's, I guess that's the rant, gaming rant of the week too, that's, right? That's the rant. I'm still stuck on Hasbro has all these supplier relationships because they have, they've been making. I'm looking at the list of things they produce. They have G.I. Joe and Beyblade, My Little Pony, and all these other... They had the Transformers line. So they've had... They have decades and decades of supplier relationships and printing little plastic things and selling them. It... Maybe this is just me, but it seems like a lot to have it, a box... And I realize that there is a lot of plastic in there, but, you know, it still seems like a lot of money for a board game. And I know there's boutique board games. I know there's stuff that you have to... I've been to gaming stores. You go and there's some stuff on the shelf which costs a lot of money. But Hasbro? It seems hey, like they yeah. should be able to bring that cost down. No, this is definitely... This is definitely... When you look at it, this is it's, definitely... It's a gouge. As a boutique game. Yeah. And I have no problems with that. What I have a problem with is them hiding a bunch of the cost by overcharging on the shipping and by not bothering to find decent, less expensive shipping to Canada when they aren't even doing the rest of the world. I mean, the, the remember when I was talking about Dungeons and Lasers? Mm -hmm. that, stuff, that stuff was produced and shipped from Poland, right? And even then, it didn't cost... Like, even for all the plastic I got there, this, this box that came was pretty damn heavy and i don't think i paid more than maybe 40 or 50 dollars for the shipping on that there's no fucking way that that for this i'm gonna pay 135 fucking dollars 135 us fucking dollars <laughs> to the best kind of fucking dollars in my opinion yeah uh well, well you want to close it up for the day yeah yeah i'm Otherwise, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be angry. I think I think today's episode, I'm actually gonna have to flip on the bit that says that this is uh, this this is explicit, given how much swearing I've been doing. Yeah, I don't know what that does for people downloading the podcast. If it makes it harder to find. I well, just... it's not like we're on uh, iTunes anyways, and they're the only one that cares. It seems. Yeah, I've I've completely lost my motivation to get us on there. By the way, especially because I'm gonna any... have to make an account. I'm going to have to make an account and do that. I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have to mm -hmm. learn how to do it. Nah. What if I just didn't? Well, it's just an Apple ID account. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's still a pain in the ass. It's, All right. If, we'll leave. If, if, yeah. We can if leave that for, on, for later. Uh, yeah. 
if people just want to use the Apple iTunes podcast functionality, fuck them. Yeah. If they want, if they want to actually support podcasting, they'll use one of the apps that will actually use podcast index to find podcasts. That's another rant for another time. Yeah. Well, we can bring up, we can carry some stuff over. I got some stuff to carry over to the next show too, like human interest stuff. And I think because we were so, we were pretty heavy on just basically reading descriptions of anime that no one's seen before. So next time uh, yeah. I'm going to bring in some human interest stuff and uh, maybe we can keep ourselves back to our time limit because now we're getting close to the 90 minute mark. Yeah. Next time, less anime, more, more tech toys and weird crap. All right. Well, for Rare Encounter, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. Yes, yes, I remember. I had lasagna.